Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everybody, party, 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 party. Welcome to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Hi, Melissa. Hello, Megan. Hi. As, as y'all just heard from the ad that played before this, which I believe was our voices, as it should be, uh, please take the survey that take the survey. we were just talking about. The link is in the show notes. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I I took the survey. I didn't submit it, but I just like wanted to answer the fun questions about me because I love, I love like a little quiz. I love talking about myself. I love the attention. And I'm telling you right now, if you're if you're someone who loves a little quiz like that, you love to feel special and important. This is gonna this is gonna scratch that itch for you. Yeah, I had to QC it, so I took it. 
and there was a mistake. So it went back and fixed it. <laughs> good. That's good at your job. Crushing it, killing it. Amazing. So we appreciate everyone who has also already done it. Thank you. People Thank are very you so prompt much. And swift. All right. So welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Blame Me, a show where y'all call in and then we give you advice. Is it wonderful advice? Yeah. Is it amazing? Of course. Is it is it life changing? Potentially. But is it something that you could hold against us in a court of law? Absolutely no. not. Don't we did our due me. diligence. We planned. Don't blame us. You can blame yourself or pick pick someone else to blame. There are so Chris many. Pratt, go for it. Yeah. Ron DeSantis, yeah. go for it. Good, good ones. Good ones. Those baby. are like ones that I feel like solid constantly will always be at fault for something. Mm-hmm. You know or who a big Mercury. one is right now? What? Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Because honestly, some things that might you might have an issue with might be actually his fault. Uh, no, legitimately. <laughs> like, personal attack. Yeah. So much time on their hands and so much chaos and destruction to, to commit. Yeah. Just evil. Evil! It, feel, it feels like it's being directed by Michael Bay. Yeah, and I don't even like Michael Bay, but I don't think he would be that evil. No, but like Michael Bay's like unnecessarily stressful and loud and like mm-hmm. in like the sense of like there's just too you're like, oh my god, too much going on. Sensory overload, like can we dial it back? And it's like, no. Did you can't. ever see that uh Victoria's Secret commercial that Michael Bay shot? No, but there's one that is immediately popping into my head going, probably that one was the one that he shot. When they're like jumping out of planes and they're yeah. exploding and stuff. Yes, that is a Michael Bay production. Melissa, that is so funny because I forgot that even existed until you said it. And who else could have directed that? Exactly. Who else could have made that? That was not an Annie Leibovitz production. No, no one was in grayscale. I go to the movies sometimes and when I go, there's commercials before and there'll be like one where it's just somebody driving a car down the street and they'll be like directed by Guy Ritchie. And I said, yeah, it feels like it. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what? They're getting paid. I would just love to get to a point where like, I do the bare minimum. Like <laughs> yeah, I do the yeah. bare minimum and something that is like literally so off brand for like what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm like bringing my essence to it and they're paying mm-hmm. an exorbitant amount of money and it's not going to translate well at all. But like, who cares? I get the fucking paycheck. Yeah. Like, who cares if Guy Ritchie directed this, but literally he nobody. got paid. And so much more than they would have had to spend for yes. anyone else doing the same thing. Yeah. They're like, it's bringing uh-huh. a sort of gravitas to this Lincoln commercial with Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I can't stand this. Like, I literally, like, get out disproportionately irate at those fucking commercials. I don't. And you want to know why? And you're going to be like, yell at me why. Because Matthew McConaughey's voice is so sexy. No, it's like the exact opposite for me. No, like, it's so I just, sexy. 
I just can't. I'm like, speak up. Like, it's like that that tweet of being like, men in Los Angeles, stop trying to be influencers. We need gaffers. These movies are, God, these TV shows are too goddamn dark. That's how I feel. And I'm like, someone turn up the fucking volume. Mm-mm. I cannot hear you. Like, it's like this very low register where I'm like, get this man a cough yeah. drop and a microphone. No, that's just like the Southern drawl. <laughs> well, ADHD, Takes I don't know how anybody in the South can function with it. Like, I... Bless your heart. No, but like the 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 cadence of things talking. So I would I would become violent. Like I can't when someone's talking too slow, I will literally be like, Mat, you have to speed it up. Like you have to. I can't keep following. But there's also like you talk so fast as some sometimes and I have to be like, Megan, slow the fuck down. I know. So. I just, oof, it's tough. Well, I'm happy that, you know, he's for you. I will never encroach on. I mean, I don't want him as a person, but his voice is sexy. I did. I would say, like, How Lose a Guy, that was peak hotness for Matthew McConaughey. Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold was way... I think That was one was a little too dirty for me. Oh, yeah. That's my part of my Yeah. <laughs> I like, you know... You're like, the diamonds. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. the bare feet in the sand. Go frost the yourself. Unwashed hair. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I well, you know I love a treasure hunt. Yeah, you do. And I, I do. love and, diamonds. So And I yeah, and I love a tiny titty representation moment. She's got tiny uh, titties in that movie. So does oh, they're it's both of us. <laughs> no, I know, but they're giving her some just, No, they're patting Kate Hudson and how do they No, no, no. It. I like, was gonna say I was gonna say Kate Hudson also has, but I was like, it's the same oh, person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she had like they were patting her in some of those dresses. They're like, you know, they're trying yeah. to give you no. They threw her in a full on fucking bikini. Nobody gave her some chicken cutlets, and she was just around with her tiny titties. And I was like, I love to see it. I finally watched Knives Out this weekend. What'd you think? Spectacular. Chris Kate Evans. Hudson. Oh, the new one. No, 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 the new one. The new one. Okay, I've seen the other one. Oh yeah, yeah. Many. I've seen that You've like seen three it. You times. Saw it me. Yeah. Um. But uh, Kate Hudson, Glass Onion, Glass Onion, Kate Hudson being Kate Hudson. That's my favorite version of her. Like when she was on Glee, Kate Hudson being Kate Hudson, like love her, adore her. After watching Glass Onion, she shot up to the top of my top five Nepo babies. Like she's uh, she's she a Nepo baby doing what a Nepo baby does. The outfits just the oh, my gosh, posing whole thing. It was so funny i really did you how do you feel about the beginning of the movie because i really fucking hated the weird covid zoom thing yeah i mean i just i thought it was this was one of the things that i thought was like funny but it was still you know like it was still a because the whole movie is a commentary and so yeah. i think that it added to the commentary i know and i just then, feel like that was not the initial first scene i felt like there was something else. like it just felt like it was missing one thing for me and i don't know what it was but it wrapped it back in when they got to the dock and then shot the thing in their throats that was like the cure because that added to like rich people can do whatever they want because they yeah. have access to these things. Yeah. And the whole, um, I mean, if anybody is a spoiler of this, this movie's been out for a while. Um, but like the whole commentary of who's wearing a mask and who's not. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. be like, okay. And then she shows up with a lace mask on. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Nikita Dragon. Like, it was just, it was good. But she's she's so good. And 
Janelle Monet has been my favorite since oh, the moment that I heard one of her songs. And since then, and then she was started acting. I was like, she's perfect. I love her. Like, great. Wonderful. Love it. And More. I had such high expectations for her because everyone was saying that she like stole it and she was so fucking good. And I was like, oh, no. Like when you get all those accolades before everyone's seen it. Then it's always going to be a disappointment. No, she was better. She was better than yes. everybody said she was. Yes. And I'm and I'm in the camp of like people said like she stole it. But I also it's her story. So it was like she ran it. It wasn't yeah. a stolen. It was she ran the, the thing, the production. Like she was great. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Wonderful. Dynamite. My friend Avia, who I feel like I've now talked about her on every oh one God. of these episodes now Avia's and becoming she's like you to my me to my neighbors <laughs> yeah uh she's like i didn't get it and i was and she's like i didn't like it and then i explained to her and she's like all that went over my fucking head yeah, and she's now, like, now i have to it, watch it again <laughs> yes yeah, so she's like now i get it and i like it yeah it was i yeah i thought it she was... didn't say fucking she's not a cursor like me i just add a little flair and i don't want to put that on her name yeah i don't want to put that on her I do that with Mazin Mama all the time. And I'm like, okay, she didn't actually say that. But I'm like, yeah. it was the essence. It was the vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Now I want to watch it again. Yeah. I want them to make a new one every day. Like, I need you to watch uh, Poker Face because it's same vibes. Oh, yeah. The TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you we'll get, watch it. I think, eight episodes of it. So, And they're over an hour long, each one of them. So Is it's it like done? a movie. Yeah. Is it over? Oh, okay. Then it's we can over. Start. Yeah. I'm here for it. We uh we're now in our office phase because I don't Mats, I told Mats that he needed to start watching more happy things. Um, which speaking of Matthew McConaughey, he always reads like really fucking depressing books. And I'm like, Mats, like stop getting all of your recommendations from like essentially like white men with an existential crisis. Read this book to like think about how doomed the world is. I'm like, let's get you some fun, lighthearted. Like, I was like, do you want to read a uh, like beach. I was like, do is there like a like a a beach read kind of like Tell equivalent? Him to get, I feel like he would love Obama's reading list. Oh, that's and a it has point. a mix of things. That. Yeah, it has a mix of stuff on it because I've directed a couple of the audiobooks that have landed on his Lexi. list. So yeah, and so um yeah, I think he would like because he releases it at the end of every year. So just give him the one from okay. last year. I'm gonna comb through it and find all of the happy books. And Actually, then I think like, he does one these. for every season. So no, you're right. I think the it summer is one should be coming. Yeah, the summer one should be coming out soon. He did his summer playlist, and um, Meg The Stallion yes. was on it, and mm-hmm. it was so, it was a cultural moment that was very important. Yeah. And um, no, but so uh, I was like looking for like uplifting books or like books like happy, fun books, like lighthearted, fun books. Mm-hmm. And you know what fucking came up and suggested that I was like Matthew McConaughey's book. Okay. And I was like, okay, I don't want self-help books. And I'm like, well, it's not a self-help book. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want like a collection of like tweets. What is it about? It's like a collection of tweets, I think. Oh. I think. Okay. Is he yeah. on Twitter? No. It's like other it's people's like, tweets? It's like him being a philosopher in like 160 characters or less, I think. You know what? I might be lying. What's his name? Matthew McConaughey, not Matthew Morrison. You said McConaughey. Or did you I type know, in I know, but Morrison? I was trying to type it in. I couldn't remember. I only saw people roasting it online. It's called Green Light. It's a number one New York Times bestseller. Oh, it's a memoir. Oh, yeah. So popular highlights in this book. We cannot fully appreciate the light without the shadows. We have to be thrown off balance to find our footing. It's better to jump than fall. And here I am. 
Stepping in shit is inevitable. So let's either see it as good luck or figure out how to do it less often. I never wrote down things to remember. I always wrote <laughs> say say less. It's just like it just gives me pause, you know? Anyways. Um <laughs> as you see, I, I've physically paused. So um Okay. Welcome to us giving you advice. We're going to give you some advice. And if you would like to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. We do require that you keep both versions, audio message or um, voicemail under three minutes. You have to, you'll get cut off. And you are 18 or over, have your parents' permission and write everything down. Read it out loud, time it, make sure it's under three minutes, practice a couple times. Do a little, do a little uh, a dress rehearsal, a little some run-throughs before you get to the opening night, the big show. And we so appreciate it because the more details you include, the best call, like the better version of the call that will be. And then we can give you the best and most accurate advice because we need all that good info. This is true. That's my input. Let's take a break. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS.
we're back from our break, and this is a perfect time before we get into the uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode to let you know that we're on Patreon. You can watch a video version of the podcast. Um, I fully forgot this whole time that we are recording a video, so I cannot be uh, held accountable for any of the facial expressions or movements that I've been doing. Um, and you can also support the show that way. Keep our lights on. Oh, yeah. Because Megan's might shut off during this. Yeah, okay. I'm really afraid. <laughs> Hi, uh, me and my boyfriend were both 19 years old. We met in college. We have been dating for six months. So for backstory, my mom is an alcoholic and she's been drinking for as long as I can remember. Because of that, I have decided to stay sober and have to emote both. So I have the ability to emotionally regulate and just good coping skills. My boyfriend, he doesn't have any alcoholism in his family. However, he doesn't drink often. In the six months we've been dating, I've only known him to drink twice. My issue is, despite the fact he rarely drinks, I still get incredibly uncomfortable knowing he does. I told him to text me before he drinks and then goes to me until he gets sober, never to put up a boundary, but I still get stressed and overwhelmed knowing he's about to drink. I know I can't control his actions or anything, and I don't want to. I would like advice on what other options of boundaries I have, though. Should I just ignore the fact he drinks and be grateful that it's so rare? Should I keep doing what we're doing and hope it works out? I just don't know. I kind of suck at putting up boundaries. Uh, some other information that I don't know is relevant or not. Uh, I'm in therapy. We've kind of been working on it, but there's a lot to work on. Uh, the times he does drink, he drinks very little. Like the first time, it's only like half a shot. So not a big issue, clearly, but it still causes a lot of anxiety. Oh. And I don't have anxiety, so yeah. Thanks for any help. Wait, did she, she doesn't have anxiety? I think she means in like an anxiety disorder, anxiety? but she but she's anxious when he drinks. Okay, okay, okay. I think that's what she meant. Okay, yeah. Um, this is very stressful. I like feel for you. Like this is this is hard. Um. That so the thing with boundaries is like I think you're like on the right track where it's like you can just only control the situations that you're in, not that other people are in. So if someone who's drinking is it's like you're allowed to have different deal breakers. So like a, a pretty clear deal breaker for you and would like is someone who is like has a problem with alcohol or is like a heavy drinker but you can also you're bad like uh you can also want to date someone who's sober and who doesn't drink at all and like has no interest in that like that's also like a lot that's a thing you can want it doesn't just have to be like well they don't have a problem with all like you're allowed to like want to date someone who doesn't drink at all um the thing that can be hard with that is that like that can also change at some point and mm -hmm. then it has to be something that like, it's not a moral failure if someone decides to change. Like it is a personal choice that someone has and you're allowed. It's your personal choice to be in a relationship with someone if preferring to be like wanting to be with someone who doesn't drink. But um, I think like. I don't know that there's any additional boundaries that you can put up there if these boundaries don't make you feel OK or good about it. I don't think you should just ignore those feelings because I think that that's how problems continue to fester. And I don't want to use the term like rebelling because like you're not like his parent, but sometimes it can feel when you are 
respecting your partner's boundaries, but they're still upset about it. And like that isn't good enough. That can lead to like a lot of resentment there. So I think just it's been six months. Do any of your friends drink? Because I would wonder if like, do you have a similar feeling with that? Or is it just with romantic interest? Is it just with him? Like, have you felt that way with like other people that you've been friends with or dated? Um, And I don't like being around people who are really drunk. I don't like being around people who are on like drugs at all. And I like for a bit thought like, oh, well, you know, I'm like out at a party or something. I'm like, this makes me like a really like bad friend or whatever. But I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to be an asshole because like I'm going to hate you and I'm going to resent you. And like this actually has nothing to do with me. And so like I then am a worse friend if I stay in a situation where I'm uncomfortable and it builds up resentment to somebody who like this has nothing to do with them. And it's better for me to s- remove myself from that situation and those instances like I have friends who like suck when they're fucking drunk or high like they're just really fucking annoying and I just don't hang out with them when they're like that and I think that's already what you're doing but it's like the anxiety of the unknown so I think as long as there's like communication there with him I think you just have to gauge is this something that is the boundary you're going to be most comfortable with is that like you want to be with someone who also does not drink when I'll speak for on it from my, my, um, my own experience when um, I have alcoholism that runs in my family on both sides. And um, so like when I got to college, I kind of like rebelled in like, I'm going to drink as much as I can because I can. And I'm not, and like, I didn't say this to myself, but my thing is like, I can control if I'm an alcoholic or not, which is not the truth. Um, But when I got like out of college, I was like, okay, like I was out of that phase and um, I was done with it. Like I don't really drink that much anymore. Um, And so like, I'm not comfortable being around people that drink a lot because of the way that like some of my family members act while they drink Mm -hmm. and so I understand what you're going through but I have like kind of like a different perspective on it um and so I understand like the boundaries you have because now I wouldn't be with anybody that drinks a lot but like how what Megan says things change and when I was in college it was a completely different story so if it makes you uncomfortable like you're doing what you need to do if it makes you uncomfortable which it does and you've expressed the t- this to him and you've told him what your boundaries are, there's really not much else you can do. Like he can either respect their boundaries and follow them. And if that's enough for you, then cool. And if he, if it's not enough for you, then this may not be the right partner for you. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a tough thing to kind of navigate. Um, and I just think that the you're doing everything right in terms when it comes to boundaries. And I think you know that you're doing everything right and you're wondering why it doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel like it's quelling any of that kind of anxieties and things like that. And boundaries are like a coping mechanism and something that like gets us through things that we have to get through. 
but sometimes like those boundaries there it's an indicator of like oh if this isn't working like there's no no amount of boundaries will make something work that's not going to work point blank so okay all right next call Hi, Megan and Melissa. I love the podcast. I am a longtime listener and first-time caller. I am doing this over again because I messed up the first time, but I wrote everything down, so I'm good. I am a 22-year-old queer female using she-her pronouns, calling in for dating advice. I've never really dated anyone seriously. My first girlfriend was my best friend, and that kind of just happened accidentally, aka my gay awakening. Uh, it, it did end traumatically due to my religious mom at that time finding out and making me end it all. That was several years ago. Since then, I've done a lot of healing regarding my queerness and have dealt through that guilt and religious trauma. I'm really proud of my queerness now and even have a great queer friend group I love and feel safe in. I'm finally in a place where I feel ready to start dating but don't have very much experience and I'm nervous. Um, a trigger warning as well with body image issues. I know and with, with the religious trauma as well. Um, I am a plus size girl who has also struggled to be confident in my body and feel desirable most of my life. So that's definitely something that has me nervous going into dating as well. As much as I know and tell myself that I'm worthy of being loved and desired exactly as I am, that fat, funny friend mentality always looms in the back of my mind. I'm tired of treating myself as the comedic relief in other people's lives, and I want to take myself seriously. I'm trying to build that confidence by telling myself that despite the fears I have, I am desirable and worthy of really being liked. And, you know, I'm trying to worry more about if I like someone rather than if they like me, you know. Uh, but yeah, there are just a lot of fears entering this new chapter of life, and I am really trying to be brave and challenge myself to get out of my head, which is honestly really hard for me. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any wisdom or tips of really just, you know, how to really get out there and um, really tips for new and inexperienced, inexperienced dater, I am really great at making friends and feeling confident in that department, but when it comes to flirting, I'm out of my element. Um, any tips to even transfer what I know about making friends into dating? How do I not friends on myself? I am on dating apps and have a variety of unedited pictures to show me accurately. And I'm already talking to some girls, but haven't met up with anyone because I am really scared. So, yeah, please help. Also, I am a Capricorn Sun, Leo Moon, Cancer Rising. Thank you, guys. Uh, you're the best, and I love you. Um, bye. I would watch well. a movie of this this is a movie i want to watch yeah i can hear from your voice that you are hot so like main character energy like own that yeah no like you're the star of this this show like this is a movie starring you that mm -hmm. i want to watch like you have you have it <laughs> like not yeah. to sound like you a have, modeling cast you, you have the it factor you have the it factor um you have it mm -hmm. tyra would say the same fucking thing like and you have it. She said a lot of things in her life. She some <laughs> sometimes she said too much. So I just want to preface this by saying this advice is coming from two straight girls. So you know, anybody else, please write in because people tell us that our straight showing when we're going a little too hetero. I'm going to do my best to not go too hetero yeah. because, you know, you're on dating apps and we did learn last time. Yeah. You could be on a dating app for a friend or dating, but it's clear that you're on this these dating for dating mm -hmm. and you're putting it out there, but you don't want to get friend zoned. And before I would have said, well, how are you going to get friend zoned? It's a dating app. You know, I, my, I've, I'm course correcting my straightness there to mm -hmm. say, uh, we have learned through this podcast that 
you know, you can meet people on dating apps for, for as purely just friends from mm-hmm. the get go. Um, so first of all, I would say like there's, I don't think there's a massively huge difference between using that same kind of charisma that you have making friends that you have with dating. Like the difference between friends and dating in my personal experience and in a, is there like an opposite of like a romantic, romantic and asexual, like in like, or asexual, just just sexual, sexual or romantic. (laughs) You're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) when you say it and it's literally in the word your face you're like because a just no, means right. no not no. negative away from it just that's from me in medical terminology okay okay <laughs> when i took brain, that back brain. in high school wow i can't believe i had a i took a whole class called medical terminology and it was just and you know what that brought you to be a big Grey's anatomy fan <laughs> <laughs> so you're watching you go, yeah code blue mm-hmm. got it got it Got it, mm-hmm. got it, got it, got it. It's not even stuff like that. It's like what I just Hemoglobin? said. Hemoglobin? Yeah. yeah. But you talk about what hemo means and what globin means. And then like you take those because you can mix because they're prefixes or the uh, suffix. And then you take those and you can come up with what the different thing is like hyper or hypo. Tension is the other words so you add to whichever one it goes to when I tell you that is my personal hell, I took grammar in um, college. You had to take it. And it was like that. And I was looking at them like they had grown 15 heads. I'm like, my brain legitimately cannot follow any of that. It's impressive though. And I'm glad for other people can, and they have this whole language and I just can look and be like, wow, you are speaking a completely different language. I mean, most of it is Latin Latin. anyway. So if you speak a Latin, you're good. (laughs) I'll work on my, I got to brush up yeah. my Duolingo, brush, brush up, up my Latin. Uh-huh. Um, so in terms of like a sexual relationship in like my mind, like a try a romantic relationship for me is like a sexual relationship. And so the only difference for me between a, a friend and uh, a romantic partner is like, do I want to have sex with this person? Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you pride yourself on like, having a really great group of friends and specifically because it's a group of friends and you've been very intentional making them. I'm going to assume that these friends, like you all have a lot of similar morals, interests, values. And that is a huge core basis in dating and relationships. Like there really isn't a huge difference for some people. There is because they're kind of like collector friends and they have like friends in all different like areas and all different like aspects of their life and those friends serve different purposes and like they're kind of more of a chameleon and they're different with their friends and they're not holding all of their friends to the same standard or needing them to feel the same way about moral or political issues but I'm not getting that vibe from you especially if it's a group there tends to be more of like a hive mind we all have we've got we're all in a similar wavelength kind of thing and that's really not different from romantic like that's just well if you fuck them that's a little less friend, a little more sexual. So I think like the fear of getting friend zoned at the worst case scenario, you end up with a friend and like, that's a cool, like that's fun. But I wonder if that's part of the problem because she, maybe there's friends in her friend group that she has wanted to be more than with. And then she got friend zoned. And so 
now she's a little trepidatious because of it. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Megan actually gave this advice to somebody that's in our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Which, I was really you know, good, and it worked. Yeah, so uh, if you want to know what we're talking about, join our Patreon. Um, but, but specifically, like, what Megan said was, like, because this person had a crush on their friend, and so um, Megan told them to give a hypothetical situation. What was it? So they had like kind of like soft, like like softballed their feelings and said like a while ago said that they had kind of like, you know, had a crush, but then like took it back. And it, that was like a while ago. So like the seeds had kind of been planted. And so they were at a party and I said, this is what you have to say is hypothetically, what would you say if I told you that that crush might not have fully gone away? And their response was like, and it also like, here's how I feel about hypotheticals. Full disclosure, Mutz fucking hates hypotheticals, but not these ones. If you ever heard him talk about hating hypotheticals on when he's a guest on this podcast, it wasn't this. He hates when I'm like, if I was a worm, would you still love me? He's like, I fucking <laughs> like stop. Like I am that person who's like, okay, if I like, if I dyed my eyebrows blue and I like walked, if I like wore a furry suit all the time, like, would you still love me? And he'd be like, Okay, like hates those. But in like the hypothetical sense and like the flirting thing, it not only is able to like kind of protect your feelings in a way because you can tell yourself like, well, it was a hypothetical. <laughs> it wasn't real. So it doesn't really wreck the friendship, quote unquote wreck. I don't think it has to wreck a friendship, but it doesn't feel like a boombox on the shoulder kind of moment where it's like this grand act of romance that has a really high... Uh, if you're being rejected, it's a really big fall. Like it's kind of just like, a little bit of a hint and a suggestion you can always take it back and I think when you're on the receiving end of something like that you're not thinking like oh wow that was like a big love confession like you can also kind of have that same sort of mindset towards it and the person like replied that they you know they like that like made them happy and they like that but like they're not at the point where they're wanting to date right now but like they still want to like be in each other's lives and it's very clear it's like I see where it kind of goes in that sense but there's something flirty about it. I think, I think like just getting back into flirting and practicing flirting makes a lot of it a whole lot easier because the flirting aspect of a friend, like if you're going to get quote unquote friend zone from someone who you're like actively flirting with and they're flirting back with you, that I'm just like snip snip. Like that's just like you're wasting your time and that's not fun because you don't want a flirty friend, at least for me, unless you're fucking don't need the flirty friend. So I think like the dating apps is a good place to like practice those kinds of like fun flirty things. And like you can like try on different styles of like how you flirt. Like you don't have to be married to like one thing. Like you can just test it out and see what feels like the most like you. I think also on the dating apps, you have to say what you're interested in and not like figuring it out or whatever. Like the prompts are where it's just like I'm here to hook up or make friends if you want to be in a relationship, put that you want to be in a relationship, not just like, huh, I don't know. Or, you know, what you don't or like, don't put anything like because some people just do that. So then they're forced to ask because some people are scared. And then also, if you have the option, which usually if this is an option, you may have to pay like premium for put like 
make it so that the people that you're matching with are only looking for relationships as well. I didn't know that that was like a feature you could pay for. Yeah. Yep. That's they, that's so that's all you. that that's all that shows up in your feed. Yeah, I, I think like there's a really uh, a lot of the time, like we think of not wanting to come on too strong. So a lot of people won't say they're looking for a relationship because like, well, no, I'm not like desperate for a relationship. But like, ultimately, like, that's where I'd like it to end up. And that's like what everyone means when they said that say that they're looking for a relationship. Like no one's like, I'm looking to cast my next significant other right now. Like, do you have a pulse? Like you're in great, amazing. Like I'm so desperate. Like that's not what that means. But a lot of people think that saying that they want a relationship comes across as desperate and being like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, like we'll just like figure it out. That doesn't mean you're looking for a relationship. Figure it out means I'm actively not looking to be in a relationship. Like we have to prescribe the same amount of value to if we're saying that looking for a relationship sounds desperate like okay so on the flip side then not looking for a relationship is like adamantly and actively like repelling any sort of relationship there like it's it's not there's nothing desperate about it and there are so many people who have the same thing listed and it's the same thing that they want and then being upfront like right off the bat I think that's helpful Mm -hmm. and also maybe I would also say I don't know what your like social situations like if you have like you have experience of like, like Melissa said, like that you maybe have had feelings for someone in the group and then kind of got friend zoned. I, even if you have, because you have such like a close circle of friends, it could be really exciting and like kind of want to like make it feel a little bit easier or a little less nerve wracking and invite them on like a big group thing. I would keep them separate for a bit. Like I wouldn't bring, invite them to lots of things with your friends there until you've established that you're not just friends because that can be confusing from for you from your end that you might think that you're bringing someone who you've been on a date with who you think is like really cool and you're interested in and then you bring them around all of your friends they might be like oh okay i'm getting friend zoned so making Mm -hmm. sure that you're also not doing anything that could be interpreted as like oh friend vibes and the best thing compliments something as simple as that like letting someone like know that they look nice. You're like, you like something about them. Like my go-to automatic, like favorite kind of compliment to give someone because it's my favorite kind of compliment to receive is when someone gives you a compliment about something that you can control, because like you can compliment me on my my eyes and I'm like, okay, cool. Genetics compliment me on whatever. But when someone like compliments your your style or it's like, wow, I love like that, like that shirt with those shoes. Like that's like that's something that you chose. That's like a thing that you intended to do. You didn't just, it's not genetic lottery. It's something that's like, oh, how you styled your hair that day. Like those certain things I think is a real marker of like someone who's paying attention. And I think that's, I think it's a lot more romantic than someone complimenting you on like your, your looks. Like I feel more seen in that way. I get that. But I wonder if in a, non-hetero relationship if that feels friend zoning yeah but feels friend zoning i wonder let us know i don't know i'm just curious every every fucking week we're learning Mm -hmm. constantly trying to learn you should hear some of our old episodes (laughs) (laughs) i had no clue absolutely no clue um but if you're a part of our facebook group i would also like you know definitely recommend getting some input from anyone else if it want, don't blame them people want to call in um but there's a lot of people who are very helpful in um the areas that we don't have like personal experience yeah. in 
Hi, Eminem. I'm a 24-year-old, and I use they, them pronouns. Um, I have a two-part question. I graduated from undergrad in 2021 with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Painting, and I have known since middle school that I wanted to pursue a master's degree in painting as well. When I was in undergrad, I was dissuaded from going to the same school for my MFA, saying it's such a small program with few teachers. I should learn from new people in a new place, and I agreed. I have been applying to schools since I graduated and have either been rejected outright or I wasn't offered enough financial assistance to make moving out of state worth it. Um, I can only speak for art programs, but I was told to not go to a school unless they offer a stipend, full tuition, and a paid uh, student teacher position. I've begun considering going back to the school I got my undergrad from. I've been told the program has been overhauled with new classes, teachers, and was told by multiple teachers and current students that I would easily get in, and I believe that. The evil part of my brain keeps saying that I'm giving up on trying to move out of state, that I'm settling, that I'm taking the easiest route so I can be back in my comfort zone, which is academia. But I know that I would never feel that way about someone else if they came to me with this dilemma. And I don't really have a dream school or place to move regardless. And a master's degree is a master's degree, right? Um, I would love your input. So part two, um, I just started, like, I'm one week into a new job in my field. I told my boss at my interview right after I got rejected from the most recent two schools that I'm looking at grad school, but I would I, it wouldn't be for another year at least. And at that time, I wasn't considering my old school, but now I am. The deadline to apply to this program is July. Should I tell my boss now that I'm thinking of applying or just wait until I get in? I have pretty flexible hours, and when I was an undergrad, I took eight classes while working full-time, so I think I could definitely work while in school again, but I don't know if I'm being shitty if I just wait. Uh, let me see how much time I have. Okay, great. Um, I'm a Gemini. Thank you. <laughs> you had a whole minute left. I love your energy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, apply. You wanted to go to that school at first, and other people dissuaded you from going, so like, apply to the school a degree is a degree you're going to go to the place that like you said it's been overhauled so you don't run into the same problems where they were saying it was small and it would be the same teachers to learn from uh the same teachers again but you're going to be learning from new people um go for it and good luck i know you'll get in yay as far as the stuff with the boss don't tell him don't tell them telling any and i'm saying this as someone who has people that works for them like telling your boss that you're quitting is a courtesy and even you say you could do both anyway and if that's what you decide to do cool if you decide next week that you don't even like this job and it has nothing to do with the school quit <laughs> like unless you know like if you're in a financial place to quit but like it's any type giving a two weeks weeks notice you know, like that is a courtesy to them. Um, unless it's, and like, if you know, you feel like you're going to have a bad track record, then don't put them down as a reference. But if you're going to school, you don't really need it anyway. Um, so, you know, uh, they're, they don't, con unless they're going to, some jobs they'll like pay for school. Um, that would be the only reason why I would tell them. But it, unless it's like actually interfering with your job, then tell them if it's not interfering, then whatever. And if it does interfere and you still want to work there, talk to them and figure it out later when it happens. You don't need to do it now. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Like telling your boss. So much shit can go wrong and like, you know, with anything like something can fall through, blah, blah, whatever it is. And 
the courtesy going out of your way to do that, that's not going to be repaid to you. Like, it's just, it's the likelihood it's not. And so they can feel, take it as a personal attack, feel slighted, something falls through. And then you're like, well, I was so kind. I let them know ahead of time. So they're definitely going to let me keep my job. No, you're gone. Like Mm -mm. it's there. There's just no, they have so much more power. There's no reason to give them more. Um, And I agree with everyone who's telling you that like, you can't go to a school that's not, um, essentially free or it's not like covering the cost of all of it. The difficulty with like art. And I say this because, um, I know somebody closely who, uh, works in art and she's like, like said over and over again that like, it's so fucking hard. And it's one of the hardest things is like the level of privilege is kind of, uh, a prerequisite because you have to have a master's to enter in and pretty much any yep. of the job fields, but you're not going to get paid like anything. And no matter how much you get promoted, you're never going to be making a huge amount of money. Like it's going to be relatively modest income. That's a lot of people's starter salaries. Like you're, it's just, there's not a lot of money in it and you can't do that with student loan debt. Like you just like genuinely can't unless you come from a ton of money and you can cover it totally fine. But you said that you feel most comfortable in academia and that is like your happy place. So this to me doesn't sound like you're just going through the motions that you have to, to land a job in this field. So yeah, you shouldn't be paying all this money for it and you should enjoy it. And like Melissa said, like you until everybody else was kind of giving you these doubts there, you wanted to go there and there is right now you don't really have another option and you don't have something that like, you could do instead. And the other options might be like, oh, you're going to spend a lot of money to do this and move out of st- whatever it is. And I don't know specifically where you want to get into after like what you want to do after the school. But my friend who works in like the art world, it would be harder for her to like guarantee to get a promotion or a new job in the state that she lives in because it's, oh, this person has died in this position in Missouri. Does anyone want to fill it? Like people are in like lifers in like these individual singular jobs. And so getting jobs from that, there's not really, you can try and get it in a certain state, but like that might not be the luxury there. So I don't think that school is the only chance you would have to move out of state. And I also don't think that going to school where you're at now means that you're going to stay where you're at now forever. Mm -hmm. I think that like you have to get this degree and this is the means of doing it right now. And I don't think it's giving up or settling for anything like this is this is what you want to do. This is the this is how this is what you want to do in a big picture. This is how you're going to do it. And then who knows where you'll go from there. But I I, I wouldn't pigeonhole yourself, especially in your mindset with that and like not to get all like woo woo but like if you treat this as like oh I'm settling I'm gonna stay here forever like you probably will get complacent and you probably will but I don't think that's a product of like the consequence of it I think that would just be from losing momentum and losing motivation but if you want to stay there forever like you end up just loving and stay don't I don't other people's opinions fuck them yeah and a lot of it comes to I've learned um, when people are trying to tell you what you should be doing and the the means of what 
they're saying is like things that feel impossible or really expensive or like a huge hassle or a headache. A lot of the time people need other people to do the same things that they did. So they feel justified in doing it. Or they think that they're giving advice to do better than them because it's things that they wish that they did. Yeah. And it's, when it's, it's like, not the case. here was a struggle that I struggled with, or here's a struggle that I feel like I wish I did. And I didn't do that struggle. And I would like, it's, it has so much less to do with you and so much more to do with them. That kind of advice is not, it's not universal. That's all the advice I have for that. What about you, Megan? That's all the advice I have. I just want to say, I love your vibe. And I just think like, I don't know, masters in art. There's something so like, mm-hmm. you know, Greta Gerwig movie, like things like, things like sexy, like, mm, and cool. Yeah. And just, like, Barbie mysterious. movie. Exactly. <laughs> A commentary. On feminism. All right. Now we're going to take our final break of the episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. we're back and it's time for don't blame them megan's fist pumping and yawning that's why there was a delayed <laughs> that's who i am to my core i am the embodiment of a yawning fist bump don't blame them is where listeners call in with their own advice pertaining to calls that we have played on previous episodes so maybe they have personal experience they've gone through it themselves or they supported someone who went through something very similar to the original caller or they just have some advice or maybe they're an expert in the field. We have like someone who's an expert in dating women who comes on as like, here's everything. That's how we learned about the dating app thing. Mm-hmm. So um, they can just offer additional insight that we might have missed. And we're playing two this episode. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Um, I was actually just listening to your replay um, episode with Jesse Smiles and I was listening to the Don't Blame Them about like the frequent UTIs and everything and I just wanted to share a little personal knowledge. Um, I am an adult actress so we get you know STD tests all the time and um, one of the new tests that we've been doing is for mycoplasma and urea plasma and basically how that shows up in people with vaginas is frequent UTIs, yeast infections, BV. So um, if this is something that's happening to any of you vagina havers out there, um, that might be something you want to look into with your doctor. Um, it's basically a bacteria that exists in you. It can be good. It can be bad. Um and yeah, I just wanted to share this knowledge with everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Bye. First of all, I'm honored that you, that someone in your profession listens to this and specifically you. Thank you no, so same. much. We just got inside the stu- actor studio. Like uh-huh. there, are, there are people with certain professions who I'm taking all your fucking, an expert on the field. Someone who works in adult film with a vagina is going to talk to me about my vagina. I'm trusting you like my goddamn fucking gynecologist. They're, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've never heard of any of that. Me either. This is new to me. And probably when this episode originally came out, since you said it's something that new that y'all are being tested for, it wouldn't have been same wow. information. So kudos you, Melissa, for picking that episode as a replay to yeah. give the opportunity for this. I was randomly talking to Mots about, um, this in like the other day or something like that oh it was because i was wow i cannot stop talking about brooke and connor make a podcast <laughs> like not sponsored um I'm a fan. But, i know fan behavior they're fucking funny um but connor was saying something about ph and he like turns to brooke so connor's a man brooke is a woman and they're both cis and connor says like oh do you know what ph is and brooke like gives him this look like what like why do you know what pH is? Like, are you really asking me? And like, she's like, yeah. And he goes, really? Like, you actually like, and he has like no idea. And he's like, well, what does it stand for? And she was like, well, it's about like alkaline and like acid. And he's like, oh, 
Okay. And I showed it to Mots and I go, what are your thoughts? He goes, I don't know. Like, is she like supposed to know? And I was like, pH is like, literally, I can't tell you any other context aside from my vagina. Like that is, if you told me like, what is the, the higher, like pH, what is it relevant to? I'm like vagina, vagina, vagina. Um, and I was talking to Mots about that fact that like a lot of people will find that they have like chronic UTIs or yeast infections and the whole thing of like, oh my God, like people with vaginas, like vaginas are dirty. And it's like, oh no, it's usually bacteria from penises that are unclean in vaginas and vaginas are self-cleaning. And so they're working hard to get rid of it. So y'all never just like did the little test in science class where you just took common things like fruit and stuff and then tested the pH levels on them? Maybe, but I... When would I have done that? What grade? Like high school, junior high, high school. Okay. That, I should have done it then because it was middle school science. Was, we didn't, I mean, I mean, it's elementary school. We didn't do really any science. Yeah. It wasn't elementary school. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we did, but I don't remember. But I just think of it in terms of like how acidic is my vagina today? Okay. You know? So thank you for that. <laughs> Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling in for a Don't Blame Them for the episode posted on April 17th in response to the title call, asking my boyfriend if he would sleep with my friends. A little background into my relationship to provide context for my response. My fiance, 31, he, him, and I, 30, she, her, have been together for two years and engaged for one. Prior to my fiance, my only other real relationship was a guy I dated all through college, and after our breakup, I, like the caller, had a lot of experience with dating guys who didn't want to commit because they either, quote, didn't want a relationship or who I knew deep down were talking to other girls. I just didn't want to admit it to myself. Many of these guys got into relationships shortly after we fizzled out, and this made me further question my worth as a partner. My fiancé and I met on Hinge and went on a proper date within three days of matching, which is a huge change for me since most of the previous guys I had dated just wanted to, quote, hang out on our dates. I roll. Dinner felt awkward because he let me just blabber on for hours without saying much but it was because he was so attentive and truly wanted to get to know Aww, me. That's I mentioned cute. that I'd never received flowers before, and a week later, I got home from work to a flower delivery on my porch. I, too, used to make joking comments asking if his other girlfriend would be there when I wasn't present or if I felt he was taking too long to respond, because my previous relationship experiences left me feeling down on myself and doubtful of most men's intentions. One day, he brought to my attention how much it truly hurt him when I said these things because he felt that his behavior did not warrant my responses. So he asked if he was doing something to make me feel this way or if it was just due to my past experiences. This made me do some self-reflecting and figure out where my insecurities were really coming from. He never reacted when I made these comments in conversation, and when he presented his feelings, he was gentle, respectful, and non-accusatory, which was a big green flag for me. We talked it out, and I found that many of my feelings came from the fact that our love languages didn't align. Therefore, we were showing love in ways that we best received it, not the ways the other person best received it. We are aware of each other's love languages, which are completely opposite of each other, so we work daily to meet each other's needs. This has been a game changer for us. We do still have moments where we don't agree on things, but I feel that's healthy and necessary in a relationship, as long as you can work together to resolve things in a respectful way. And this is coming from someone who prefers to push things under the rug and would rather please everyone else than rock the boat. So my overall advice would be, if you're both able and willing to work for this relationship, to pay attention to his reactions when you say these things. If he looks genuinely hurt and upset, you don't have anything to worry about. Most people will prove their guilt in their reactions, such as yelling, blowing up, gaslighting, and turning the scenario back on you. Second, like Megan and Melissa said, 
Try to have an open conversation with him, if slash when you're comfortable and in a good mental space, about your feelings and his, because this may be affecting him and y'all's relationship more than you realize. Third, if you do feel like his actions aren't making you feel as secure as you need, try taking the love languages quiz. There truly may just be a disconnect there between you two. I hope this helps, and I'm sending you love, clarity, and healing while you navigate the situation. Bye, y'all. Wonderful advice. Really great advice. And also, like, really great. I love, like, when people are giving advice, and it also is, like, mirroring, like, how a partner should respond, like, a good partner should respond. So it's not just, oh, how I should respond to this, but also, like, what should I be looking for for someone else to respond Mm -hmm. and not like a fantasy person? Like this is like a real person and how he genuinely responded to that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, self-reflection is wildly important in those things because you end up, you can't also inadvertently push someone away because it goes, well, if you think I'm going to be cheat, if you think I'm already doing all of this, I might as well fucking do it, which that's not a good or a logical thought process to have, but that's uh it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy that like continues the cycle of it of like well Mm -hmm. see i was right and it's like well when you when someone thinks that you think they're a bad person then sometimes people are like okay then i'll just be a bad person but yeah we'd love to get an update on that one because yeah i would be really because i mean i thought about that more the because of the different kinds of relationships he was having with people you know Mm mm-hmm well, thank, thank you so you. much. We appreciate it. And that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoyed. If you did, leave a review. Join our Patreon. Leaving a review is free. Joining our Patreon is almost free unless you work in a job that has a lot of money or you have lots of money and you're like, you know what? I want to give you so much money. We're not going to say no to that. We're trying to Correct. make it as accessible and affordable as possible. But... That is not a command. We're not over here saying, please, no gifts. Please don't. Please, we we don't need anything. No, if you if you want to give us what you want to give us. Yes, I really appreciate gifts because I do enjoy the finer things in life. She does. <laughs> she really, really does. <laughs> Every time um, I come across like one of those like, look at this multi-million dollar smart house. People are like, this is so excessive. Nobody needs this. I go, my friend would love to live there by herself. <laughs> like, yes, by herself. 15,000 yes, square feet. Oh, God, the dream. I know. <laughs> <sighs> um, but just to do some house cleaning things. Uh, please take our survey once again, if you haven't. Please do. You might have been driving to work on the way, you know, listening to us. And now you're there and you're like, I need a little uh, icebreaker to get my brain going for work. Take her a little, a little quiz. Time. Takes five minutes. And then in addition, we're switching up. But am I wrong for this week? And so if you're listening on Monday, please, please, if you've watched Gilmore Girls and you have thoughts about the first episode please send us your hot hot takes or just takes on the show and we're gonna vote on if you're wrong or not it's gonna be so much fun and this is also an excuse if you haven't watched it or even watched it in a while watch it on back and send us over your thoughts your feelings hot cold warm takes um and melissa's gonna be watching it for the very first fucking time maybe and i know people are excited about that yeah, the first time that I remember all of it. Yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of the show. 
And that's why I call it the show about talking. Talking. The talking show. <laughs> it's one of those talkies. <laughs> so uh please uh send send in your thoughts by Monday night. And you can just send them to the but am I wrong pod same at email. Gmail.com. Yep. Um and then next the following week we'll be watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The other t- the, the 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 singing and dancing show without There's the singing no and dancing. Singing. I mean, there is singing and dancing, but it's because like in the second or third season, I don't remember which one, but there's a musical act that, but it's not a musical show. Wow, it took you so long to finally admit that my like this is right. Like, but the things that you saw were all from the it. first. There's not a musical in it. There's she's a stand-up comedian, so at one point she goes on tour with somebody that is a singer. Oh, okay. I thought you meant that it was like High School Musical, and like they're no, putting no, on no. a musical at some point. No. No, 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 no. It just ha- it has the vibes, but yeah. So I told I'll be you, it's just that very well directed, and they choreograph the movements. They're in big spaces, and they move around the space to follow different characters. It's very stagey, and I think that's part of the reason why. Stagey, but they fall. But they're, you're following the cam. The camera is following the people, as opposed to when you're on a stage, the people are moving. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of gives me the vibe of um, <laughs> like when like Fox presents a Christmas story live. I did the live stream for that, but like when like it's like a like a, a network it's not show. That though, no, 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 you're but like they follow. In that's it. what I mean. But they walk with the. Yeah, but it's not the same. Well, no, I'm a big. It's I'm a, a big. Story. I, I'm a big fan of when Fox does this. The Grease one, great, phenomenal. I watched it about three times in a row. Loved it. What the fuck? And, yeah. In a row? <laughs> Big fan. Are yes. you okay? I literally watched it and then watched it again. Melissa, and then went to sleep. The and then the next day, you've ever... I watched it again. No, no. That's actually everything you've ever told me. That's the craziest thing you've ever said. That's so means... good. Who does so good. that? Me. I oh, enjoyed it. My God. Wow. I've never even seen it once, but you've seen it enough for the both of us. I've seen enough for three people. Is this why you're big? Is that what you is that like what you think of when you think of Vanessa Hudgens? No, I think of High School Musical. Oh, okay. I didn't know if like you saw it three times and you were so moved by her performance that suddenly like, no. she became who she was. Is that who is no. she in that? If you tell me Vanessa Hudgens, I'm going to think of High School Musical. Then, uh, um, her talking about Coachella, and those are the two things. Coachella's going to come <laughs> first for me. I think. But I do commend her for doing the performance. Oh, yeah. It was the day that her dad died. She's she's like a performer through and through. She was also, yeah. she did, she was on Broadway for a bit and people had like rave reviews about her, which like she didn't, she wasn't like a theater. She wasn't like one of those kids who started on Broadway. Like she, mm-hmm. but she has that ethic, like that work ethic, which is not like standard for most people. Like it's hard. Yeah. She's good at it. Well, all um, right. I think we've talked about Vanessa Hudgens more than enough. I was going to say maybe the next one we'll have to we'll dive into Vanessa Hudgens' uh, filmography and pick something else that she's done. We'll we'll wait till Christmas to really get into it. Oh, we get to see her in all of her glory. She's so (laughs) good in it. So many versions. Anyways, goodbye. Bye.